Good evening. Good to see everybody. Stoked you guys are here. Um, we're going to be in God's Word tonight. So if you do not have a Bible, please raise your left hand or your right hand, um, and we'll have somebody get you one. Um, thank you, Zach. You're the man. That's my guy right there. Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 13 tonight. Luke 11, 5 to 13. Before we do anything crazy, um, let's pray again, just for the Lord and His Spirit to be here. Amen? Sweet. Well, Father, thank you so much for this evening. Lord, there's no name above your name. You are mighty, you are perfect, you are righteous, you are holy. Lord, you are worthy of every ounce of praise, attention, and honor we can possibly utter, and more. So, Father, I pray tonight that you would just fill this place with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would um, open ears, soften hearts, um, Lord, and I need you to, to use me, Lord, my mouth to honor you tonight, Lord. So would you fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit as I get to share your word, Lord, would tonight be applicable but also timely. Um, and Lord, we just want to honor you. We want to honor your word. So just be over us tonight, Father. We thank you that when we ask for your spirit, you say yes, <laughs> and you meet us here. So Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for these people. I pray that you bless this night in your name. Amen. All right. Luke 11, 5 to 13. Quick little catch-up slash context. Last week, Chauncey nailed it. Um, he did verses uh, 1 to 4, the Lord's Prayer. The disciples basically say, Jesus, teach us to pray. And Chauncey went through that prayer and some applications for us and what the Lord is saying to us and for us in this prayer. And where we're catching up tonight is going to be right after that. So the Lord... Uh, the disciples say, Lord, teach us how to pray. The Lord teaches them the prayer. And then immediately goes into a parable. Um, so we're, I'm going to go through uh, 5 to 7 and read the parable. And then we need to get some historical context of what's actually happening in that parable. Um, because there's a picture that the Lord is trying to paint for these guys in that time. And it's important for us to understand what's going on. Sound good? Sweet. Verse 5 through 7. And he said to them, Regarding prayer, remind you the context. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. So, again, context. We're talking about prayer. So this is regarding prayer. And the Lord sets the stage with the parable, as he often does as he's teaching. So this parable, he basically says to the disciples, picture yourself, it's midnight, so the door is shut to your home. A door being shut in the Middle East in this time basically meant, hey, closed for business. During the day, you would have it open all day long. People could come in, go out, eat with you, drink tea, whatever it was, sip olive oil, <laughs> whatever's going on. But if the door was shut, 
The door was shut. It was rude to, to basically ask permission to go into a home. So the door is shut. It's midnight. You answer the door and there's a traveler who's come to you, a friend who's come to you. And not only has he come to you, but any time in the Middle East, if you were to be a host, you were borderline required to feed them. So Jesus says, hey, it's midnight. Someone raps at your door and you need to feed them and you have no bread. That's a dilemma. Emergency. So he sends you over or you go to the neighbor's house and you tell him, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. Again, hospitality, big time. It's major. Still to this day in the Middle East, I had a conversation with a coworker um, who's super solid, um, grew up in Egypt, and we were talking about tonight and what I was going to be sharing, and I brought up this to him, and he just nodded his head. He said, oh, yeah. And so we, we read hospitality, hospitality, we go, that's a funny word. Sounds like hospital. I wonder what that is. It's not really big in the States. And I, I know that some are really good, and it's a gift to be a good host, to be hospitable. But let's be honest, this isn't necessarily our strong suit here in the States. If somebody rapped on my door at midnight, um, the knife would be out, okay? Flashlight in hand, ready to protect the family. I'm not, you're not exactly welcoming somebody in your home at that time. It's inconvenient. So Jesus tells the boys, hey, this has happened to you. You have no food. Verse 7, this is the, uh, the man who was knocking. This is his neighbor. He will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. Okay, I'm closed for business. Don't trouble me. Go away. Okay, this is rude. This is improper. Go away. The door is shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give to you. So in that time, like we said, the door will be shut, right? It's rude. It's inconvenient. It's basically a no-no. The door was shut for a reason, closed for business. Not only that, but he says, hey, my children are in bed with me. Now, in that time in the Middle East, they would basically have most poor homes to like, I would say, middle class homes would have one floor at the bottom and then an elevated floor with like an oven. But you, your wife, the kids would all be sleeping together on this second level, rolled out mats on the floor together to keep warm. Not only that, downstairs you would bring in your livestock or the animals that you had. So a cow, a goat, a sheep, the dog, the chickens, I don't know, whatever you got. The nene goose, it's in there. So to get up and to give this guy bread meant waking up the kids, waking up the wife, waking up the animals, chaos. For him to get up, go and serve this guy, it'd be chaos in the house. So that's what he's saying. Hey, the kids are with me in bed. What are you thinking? I'm going to get down, bake three loaves of bread for you and give to you. I'm going to wake up everybody. But here's where we get to kind of the crux of the parable. Verse 8. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. The verse here is saying he's not going to rise and give him what he needs because he's being a good friend. He's ticked. He's annoyed. Go away. Stop knocking at my door. But because of the man's persistence, the word persistence means here basically in the Greek it means like shamelessly. It's midnight and this guy is knocking on this guy's door shamelessly. 
in need, saying, hey, get up. I need three loaves. Dun, 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 dun. Get up. Boom, 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 boom. Knocking constantly, persistently, keeps knocking. And the guy basically here is not giving. He's like, you know what? Like if I went to, or if Josh Sabio, a really good friend of mine, came and knocked on my door at midnight, he's considered, I consider him one of my best friends. I'd probably get up and give him the three loves loaves I got in the cupboard or whatever it is. But in this context, he's not doing it because he's being a buddy-buddy. He's being annoying. So the guy sleeping gets up and says, okay, so you will go away and stop knocking at my door. I'm going to give up and give you what you need. But the one part right now that I want to hit on and focus on in this parable for prayer, there's a few things here that I'll go to maybe a little later, but the first thing I want us to notice is if, we're, if this is the parable, right, if this is us and say the Lord who we're going to for prayer, we're obviously the one knocking, right? We're in need. We need three loaves, so we're knocking. And there was persistence. There was a shameless knocking. It was continuous. I thought that was cool because when you dig into it and think about it, it would have been bold for this guy to knock at that hour. It would have been a lot. The neighbors would all be yelling at him, keep quiet, everyone's kids are asleep, everyone's animals are asleep, go away. But there's a boldness and a shamelessness to this guy who has a need and he's knocking. So on guys, for us, when we go to the Lord, I'm going to get to it in a little bit, I don't want to spoil all this, but the veil was torn, right? We can boldly approach the throne of grace. Shamelessly, we can go to the Lord with our needs, amen? So I think that's cool, keep that in mind. Verse 9. We march on. I'm going to kind of pause a little bit. Um, throughout this text, it's going to be easy to kind of jump all over the place because it, it blends really well, but I want to be clear. So if I pause, forgive me. I just want to get my thoughts straight here. Verse 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. It will. We have a promise here from the Lord in verses 9 and 10. This is no longer the parable. This is him speaking to his disciples. He's saying, hey, listen, if you ask, it will be given to you. If you seek, you will find. And if you knock, it will be opened to you. Those three words, ask, seek, and find. It's the present perfect tense. I know David's hit on that a little bit. Basically, that means it's, in, it's happened in the past and it's continuing to happen in the future. It never stops happening. You've asked once, but you, you keep asking. You sought the Lord once, but you keep seeking the Lord. You've knocked once, but you keep knocking. That's that word in the Greek that persistent is that shameless. There's a continuancy here. And there's a couple things that are challenging with that because I know some of you guys are thinking, well, I've knocked, I've asked, I've sought the Lord. I didn't find. Stay patient, we'll get to that later. The word ask there is simple. It means to ask, to make your request known to the Lord. Ask Him. Guys, you have not, what's that? In, uh, oh my goodness, I wrote this down somewhere. We have not because we ask not. Forgive me, I didn't write down, apparently I didn't write down the, uh, 
the text. John. John. It's in John. We have not because we ask not. A lot of the times it's, it's woe is me. This is going on. This is going on. I'm hurt here. I'm confused here. And, and I'm sure Steve is running to this. Well, have you prayed about it? Have you asked the Lord? No. No, I'm just, I'm just going through it, man. I'm just, this, is my, this is my cup and I got to drink it. And I'm not seeing any aid. Nothing's, nothing's happening for me. Nothing's going on in my direction. Have you prayed about it? Have you asked the Lord at all? A lot of the times in my day or if I'm going through something and something's going on and it's like a light bulb hits. It's like, oh my goodness. Lord, I haven't even brought this to you yet. I've been trying to muscle it this entire time. Guys, ask and it will be given to you. That's the first step. It's a step of faith for us as believers. We need to ask. Amen? Seek. Seek is this, again, it's an action. Um, A good example that I found or definitely uh, studied on was Nehemiah. He has a desire to go rebuild the city, but they're in captivity, right? So he has this desire. He's been seeking to do this thing, but he can't go. He's in service of the king, right? He can't go. He's a slave, technically. But he got a list of materials ready so that if he ever got them, uh, the opportunity to go, he would be ready. A good example would be, Lord, I want to be, I'm seeking to be a better, I don't know, um, more in love with your word. But if you just say that, Lord, I want to be, be a more, a deeper lover of your word. But you're not going to Bible studies, actively going to Bible studies, or actively cracking open your Bible in the morning or the evening or not spending time with believers who are loving the Word and love to be in the Word, you're seeking, you've brought it to the Lord and say, hey, I need this. But there is a follow-up for us when we seek. We take these steps, amen? Knock. It's that persistency. Oh, got him. Got him. But that's what it is. It's a knock. Like this guy at the door, he had a need. It would, have, it would have taken boldness for this guy. But for us guys, the Lord calls us to knock, to seek the Lord. Hey, Lord, I need an answer. Lord, I need an answer. A lot of the times I think the enemy, when we, when we go to the Lord and we knock once, the enemy's going to lie to you. He's going to stick it in your Hey, knock it off. The Lord is sleeping. The kids, the angels are asleep. Don't wake him up. You're being an inconvenience. Jesus is telling us here, hey, keep knocking. Man, so good. I want to go back a little bit to that parable. And for us, it's a pretty straight line. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're the one in need. We're, we're the one knocking. But if you, if you did that literally, li- li- in a line, the guy sleeping, his character... It doesn't necessarily match up with Jesus, right? If we're the one knocking and, and the one we're praying to is the one who's in bed, those, the character doesn't necessarily line up, huh? The Lord isn't, the door isn't shut. I wanted to hit on a couple things here. The guy in the parable, his door was closed. But for us guys, the veil is torn from top to bottom. The high priest, if you remember, once a year could go into the Holy of Holies, right? Went through all the cleansing process. Only one man could go in into the Holy of Holies once a year. 
when Christ was crucified and the new covenant put into place for us under grace, that veil was torn from top to bottom. The door is open. Amen? So for us, we don't have to worry about a closed door in the sense of we don't have access. Guys, we have access to the Father. Amen? It is a lie from Satan himself to say, hey, the door is closed. You don't have access. Stop knocking. That is a lie. What are we told here in that verse? Oh, my goodness. The wind is flipping pages. We're told to knock, right? What's a verse um, I wrote down? Well, okay. We'll move on before I get confused. The guy is sleeping. The guy is sleeping in bed. Kids next to him, it's inconvenient, right? In Romans 8.34, I'm going to quickly turn there. If you guys want, you can go over there, but it's going to be really quick. But I want to point out, who is he who condemns? Is it Christ who died, and furthermore, it is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Guys, our God is not sleeping. He already knows our needs and is making intercession for us for the, by the Father. Amen? He's not sleeping at the wheel. We don't pray to a lazy, unresponsive God. We serve a God who already knows what you need and is making intercession to you for the Father. Or for the Father. This guy seems annoyed. Go away, it's late. It's been, quit knocking. He's not doing it because he's a friend. Get away from the door. He's annoyed. I'm going to quickly again turn to Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Excuse me, guys, just a moment. It's going to be quick, but I, I want to read this from the Word. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Guys, when we come to the Lord with our needs, he is not annoyed. Praise the Lord. Because <laughs> how many times do we bring him the same thing? Like, uh, the, the, the challenge for me studying this was like, the, the times I feel most annoyed is when it's, it's the same thing. It's the, it's the same struggle. It's the same sin. It's the same junk that's been around for a while. And it's, it's a stumbling block. And we're learning. We're not, as, we're not as bad as we once was, but we're not as good as we could be. We're failing. And the lie is, dude, the Lord does not want to hear this prayer again. He is annoyed with you. It will not reach his ears. That is not true. All you who are weary and heavy laden can go to the Father and he will give you rest. Amen? So guys, if you have something that the enemy's saying, just stop. He's, he's not interested in you. It's a fat lie. Press in. Keep knocking. Amen? He's not annoyed. He's not sleeping at the wheel. And the veil is torn from top to bottom. Amen? Sweet. <sighs> Onward. Upward. Verse 11. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Amen. <clears throat> I have little Jesse boy. He's probably in the room somewhere because he couldn't be quiet. He'll learn. He'll get there. But if he comes up to me and he says, Dada, Dada, snack. I'm not going to go outside to the driveway, pick up some gravel and be like, here you go, kiddo. Chomp on this. Right? <laughs> That's evil. It's wrong. And the Lord's drawing a comparison here. He's like, hey, you being fallen and evil, if you of all people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now that is the key, in my opinion. <clears throat> because when we do messages on prayer, at least in the States, and maybe for me, maybe not for you guys, but for me, I'll, I'll say it's for me, my mind immediately goes to things I need or things I want. And so, make your request known to God. Okay, Lord, I really want that Ferrari. Lord, I'd love, I would love that Ferrari. Right? We often think of, well, what do, what do I need in the moment? Think about this prayer back here. Give us day by day our daily bread. The Lord knows what we need. Our need will be fulfilled in Him. Hey, He talks about, hey, the birds don't toil for, or the birds don't have to worry about where they're going to get their next meal. How much more so are you going to be taken care of by the Lord? I'm totally butchering that. Please go read it. But that, that, Basically, that, that heart. It's more about <clears throat> who we need than what we need. I, I, I personally believe, and guys, I don't, I don't also, I want to set the record straight. I, we, I know we need things, whether it's healing or finances or food in the cupboards or a job. I know we have need. So, before I go too far, please understand I'm not saying get your priorities straight. You don't have needs. You have wants. What I am saying is I think if what we asked for, if we asked and sought and knocked for the Holy Spirit, for more Jesus rather than more stuff or more things, those other things begin to fall in line. <clears throat> the more we're filled with His Holy Spirit, the more we are aligned with the Lord, the more the desires of our hearts, what? They change. And again, this is, this is not to belittle the things that you've been praying for or the things that you need. I understand that. Um, personally, I have some things going on <clears throat> just in our life where it, it, it's hard. There's a need there's a, there's a desperateness in us saying, Lord, Lord, where are you on this? Lord, we need you. But it was an eye-opener here like, oh, man, I think I've prayed more for this situation more than I've prayed for his Holy Spirit, more for the Lord, more of the Lord himself. So I think that's the crux of the matter there. Do I think it applies to the things, our request? Yes, because there's, there's bread here, right? The Lord knows what we need before we ask Him. So when we do have needs, <clears throat> that the bank account is bare, and I've been there a few times, more than one, 
The Lord knows that need. Amen? He knows. And He sees. And if it's something that you're praying about and praying about and praying about, but you've stopped praying about, can I, can, can I come for you? Keep praying about it. Keep praying about it. If there's an ailment or an illness, something that just won't go away, and it's hard, it's nagging, uncomfortable, and you've stopped praying about it because it just seems like the Lord doesn't have an answer, can I encourage you? Keep seeking. Keep praying. Keep knocking. Oftentimes, the wait, the delay, again, it's not the Lord sleeping at the wheel. A lot of the time, it's for us. So that we can see that the Lord, when He does answer that prayer in its own time, in the Lord's timing, we can see way down the road, oh Lord, You knew from the jump. Had I gotten what I prayed for in that moment, it would not have been good for me. But Lord, your ways are perfect. You knew at this time, this is better than what I've been praying for. I think about just a silly example, ladies or men. Lord, please let me marry that dime piece. Oh my goodness. Lord, please. And time goes on, and time and it doesn't work out, and you're heartbroken, and you're sobbing into your pillow, and eating a tub of ice cream. And then time goes by, and you see them 10, 12, 15 years later, and it's bad news. And you go, oh, Lord, thank you. <laughs> That's a silly example. Practical? Maybe? Yes? But I'm sure you guys and I could think of other things too. Lord, I need that house. Lord, open up this job opportunity. Lord, it would really make life easy for me and the kids. It would make life much easier for the wife and I to not bicker about this or that or where we're going to move. This would simplify things. Lord, open the door. And the door is shut. Time, time goes by and the Lord reveals, hey, he had a plan. So guys, that wait is often for us. Another deal in Psalm 66 18, David talks about <clears throat> unconfessed sin being a reason that prayers go and they hit the roof. They're unheard. Guys, if there's sin in your life that you know needs dealing with, deal with it. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen? That's a big one. If oftentimes, for me personally, the seasons that are most dry in my prayer life, I know. I know there's something. PK talked about it two weeks ago. Like the show, whatever, you know. You know it's there. You know what's going on. You know what it is. You don't have to think too hard. The Lord will reveal it and say, hey, Josh, we need to deal with this. We need to deal with this. And the longer that I put it off and this, the drier and drier and crustier my prayer life gets. But guys, can I encourage you? Confess that. Bring it to the Lord. When we confess our sins, He's faithful to remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. Positionally, in the blood, that is perfected, right? That's already done. We are forgiven of our sins. But the Lord wants that intimate, close, straight on the line communication with us. And if there's junk, let's clean it up. Amen? That's for me. I don't know if that was for you. But reading that, I was like, hmm. Okay. Thanks, Lord. I'll tell these guys about it, but I'm not doing it. But that's for me. 
That's for me. That's not necessarily the whole, the whole point, but I think that's something that I wanted to get across. Guys, if there's unconfessed sin, let's confess it. Let's get right with the Lord. Amen? Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Now, what if his kids ask for a stone? We've been there, right? And it's, I've kind of talked about it already a little bit, but what if you ask for a stone? Does the Lord give you a stone or does he give you bread? I believe the Lord gives you bread. The Lord, his heart for us is to always give us what's best for us, whether we know it or not, or by not giving us what we ask for. That's that no. The car, the job, whatever it is. He loves us enough to disappoint us in the moment and say, oh, Lord, you're not coming through for me. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He has not failed you. He will never fail you. Yes, no, or not yet. If we ask for stones, he'll give us bread. It may take time to realize it was bread, but it was bread. And again, that goes back to, again, the crux of the matter, 13. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He will give you the Holy Spirit. Amen? Steve and I talked about that before we got rolling. Because Lord, when we ask for your Holy Spirit to be here, we know you will be because we've asked expectantly. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. He will. Amen? Amen. Guys, this whole, this whole deal was bent towards an attitude, right? That, that parable specifically there is dealing with prayer. It's easy to have a lackadaisical, lazy approach to prayer. If you guys get anything out of this, Let's be persistent and let's be bold. <clears throat> you have the availability for the courtroom or the throne room of God. Go there. Be bold. Keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking. If the Lord's given you an answer, then say okay and be obedient. But if you truly believe, Lord, okay, I just I still feel like this is open, then keep going, guys. I know it's hard. There's been, there's things in my life where it's just like, Lord, I'm just tired of asking. This is exhausting. You're, you don't hear me. It's not true. You're heard. Keep asking. Amen? Keep seeking. Keep knocking. God is our heavenly Father. He wants good things for you. When we pray for certain things and don't get them or get them, we can absolutely put our money on it. That verse 9 and 10. <clears throat> you will find. Seeking it will be open to you. Asking you will receive. If it's a good thing that the Lord has for you, we can trust that He will give it to us, guys. He will. It's in His Word. It's a promise. But we also need to trust if we're asking for junk and we're not getting it, it's good for us. Amen? Let's wrap it up. <clears throat> Lord, <clears throat> we can be so selfish, self-centered, prideful, and Lord, we pray for things that convenience us or whatever it is, Father, but Lord, would you please change our hearts 
instead of what can we get from you, Lord, we just want you. And Lord, you know our desires, you know our needs. So Father, would we trust you with our needs when we bring them to you? Lord, we want to just approach you boldly and persistently. Thank you that you're not a God that ignores us. You don't shun us or turn us away. Lord, you love us. You are our heavenly Father, the best Father we will ever have, the best example we will ever have of a Father. Lord, you desire good things for us. So Lord, help us to trust you when you answer prayer or when you don't get us what we want. Would we be submissive to that, submissive to your Holy Spirit? (sighs) Jesus, we need your Holy Spirit to do that because in our flesh, we just, we don't want to submit to you. But Lord, would we be submissive and honor you, Lord, in the decisions that you make for our lives? You're in control. You're on the throne of our hearts. Lord, if we've gotten on the throne, swiftly boot us off and take that spot. Lord, you're the only rightful one that could ever sit on the throne of our hearts anyway. Forgive us for putting ourselves or other things up there. We love you, Jesus. Thank you that you do not shame us. You do not throw us to the side. You, Lord, want to have an amazing communication with us, an awesome prayer life. Lord, help us to use it to the best of our ability, to the fullest extent. Would we just leave here tonight with exuberant prayer lives, Lord? Help us to seek you constantly. And Lord, would your will be done in our lives, not our will. Jesus, bless these guys. Thank you for bringing these guys here. I pray that you would please, Lord, keep them safe on the roads as we go home. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Thank you that we even get to talk to you. That's insane. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen.